What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And if you follow me on Instagram, and hopefully all of you do, I put something on my stories about having a surprise uh, that I was going to reveal on the show. And I'm doing that today. So the surprise that I have for you guys is that we are coming back with three episodes per week. So there was after the uh, Jordan Syatt interview, which was the most popular um, episode to date, I took a little bit of a break from the podcast because I had a lot of stuff going on and it just was not a priority. Not to make excuses, but that's just what it was. I It was about a month uh, in between episodes and I really wanted to get things in order and have a system in place so that I can deliver consistently and that you guys can know exactly what to expect from the podcast. So that's what it is. It's three episodes per week. I am going to keep that going for as long as humanly possible because I truly do love to just talk in long form about topics that I find interesting and hopefully that you guys resonate with as well. Um, So if you can do me a favor, just give me a shout on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Shoot me a DM and let me know what topics you want to hear more about. Obviously, I'm more partial to mindset. Um, love talking about, you know, personality types and nutrition and, you know, haven't gotten much into training, but we'll definitely talk about that more. But uh, those are the topics that I love, but I want to hear what you love. So hit me up, shoot me a DM, let me know. Um, but for this episode... I did a masterclass in my Facebook group, which is free to join, by the way. So if you want some really great information, I'm going to post the link in the show notes so you can join us in the Facebook group. But I did a masterclass all about consistency, and it was I was blown away by the response. I, you know, it was a topic that a lot of us know. Like, yeah, sure, I need to be more consistent. That's all well and good. But how do we actually do that? And it's a topic that I've been studying a lot about um, because I just I have that interest in in psychology and behavior change and how to create sustainable habits. Like at the core of our coaching, that's what we're we're looking for. We're trying to get people to um, create these long term sustainable changes and really coming at it from a behavioral change standpoint, trying to connect to that internal motivation to um, to make it feel like you can actually immerse yourself in the process and enjoy it rather than just having like a set of rules that you feel like you need to follow. And that's where, you know, most diets come up short because they just give you a rule book. They give you this these guidelines that you have to constantly follow and and oftentimes it's not sustainable and it doesn't take into consideration all of the different variables that come into play with, you know, your lifestyle and your current habits and your personal preferences and the things that are important to you. So, um I want I did this masterclass on consistency because I just wanted to give like super tactical information about how to be more consistent and like let's look at that um starting from like a big picture view and getting more specific with like, these are the actions I need to take to get more consistent. And it was, like I said, the response was amazing. I got more messages from that masterclass than probably on any piece of content I've ever put out. So not only am I going to link the Facebook group in the show notes, but I will also link the actual 
masterclass itself. So you can go directly to that video. But I also wanted to do it on here just in case those of you who don't like Facebook or don't want to join the group for whatever reason and you just want to listen or you learn better through just listening versus the video. Uh, so I wanted to have kind of a run through. Uh, this will be more of a condensed version. And I'm just going to run through the different points of the consistency solution masterclass that I did. The first thing that I had everybody do was establish a pre-frame with specific questions to help you understand what consistency looks like for you. I think the biggest mistake that most people make is they don't even define what consistency looks like. And I've asked people this question and I always get a different answer. Some, some people say, you know, consistency means hitting my macros every single day. Um, other people say consistency looks like, you know, drinking enough water and getting veggies in every day. You know, somebody else is like consistency means getting to the gym five days a week. Like you'll get a different answer from every single person. So think like actually establishing the framework of what consistency looks like. Now, the important thing is that you want to actually factor in experiences in your life and things that you do that you really enjoy that you might not believe to be consistent. In other words, if I were to say, you know, last night I went out and had three drinks and a pizza and, you know, partied it up with my friends. Um, a lot of people might think, wow, you were not consistent with your nutrition plan. However, I look at it as if I am building that into the framework of my plan, then yes, I am being consistent. So if I know that I like to go out to eat once a week, if I know that I like to have you know three alcoholic drinks per week, if I know that I like to go on three vacations per year, like we should be factoring in those things that are meaningful for us because those are all a big part of our health and wellness. Like deep and meaningful connections and relationships and experiences, we need those things to be present. So if we factor that in, then all of a sudden there's no reason to feel guilty if you go out and you enjoy, you know, a pizza and a beer or you go out for date night and have some wine or you just have, you know, an all out like, you know, party it up with your friends type of night. If that's built into your plan, all you're doing is following the plan. So setting the framework of consistency is literally the first piece of the puzzle. And I would say probably two thirds of people will all of a sudden become more consistent and have a different mindset around those things, which normally they can conjure up feelings of guilt and shame and like, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have eaten all that or, or had those drinks or whatever the case may be. But if we plan for it ahead of time and we actually factor that in, now all of a sudden we're consistent. And you know we have kind of a checks and balances system in place because if your goal is to lose fat and just using that as one example – and you're like, all right, well, consistency for me means that I go out three times a week and I have 10 drinks a week and then all of a sudden you're not losing fat. Well, now we know that we have to establish a different framework and some sacrifices have to be made if that's your top priority. So that's where like, we want to set that framework but also be flexible with it if we're not making progress. So that's the first step is setting that pre-frame. Um, the second thing is starting your day with a win. So this is part of your routine. Um, you know, most people, it's kind of cliche now to talk about morning routines, but the way that I break it down is just start your day with something positive. 
you know, even if you don't have a full morning routine, which I personally don't really, I mean, there's some things that I definitely do in the morning, but like something as simple as just making the bed or do something physical, like, you know, stretching or whatever it may be. Um, even if it's like reading for 10 minutes, reading a book in the morning, meditating for five minutes, um, practicing gratitude, like starting your day with one single win is going to increase your consistency. Uh, and it's just, that is proven. If we start our day with something like checking Facebook or emails, we are putting ourselves immediately in defense mode. And then we're, we're constantly trying to catch up throughout the rest of the day. So, I don't, you don't need to you know, write out this whole elaborate morning routine. If that works for you, great. But something positive to start the day could be just drinking water. It could be, like I said, gratitude. It could be just making the bed. It could be meditation for five minutes. Like, there are so many different things. Find one that's easiest for you. Like, it should be almost stupid how easy it is for you to do it every single day. Like, that is where you want to start. Like, mind numbingly simple. That is the best thing to do as long as it is a positive to start your day. So that is the second part. So we've got the pre-frame. We've got the early win to start our day. Then we have to focus. And when I say focus, I mean that as an acronym for follow one course until successful. What most people do is they try and tackle 10 things at once. And this is so common in the fitness industry, right? Like we have a goal that we want to accomplish and it's like, all right, I got this. I'm going to nail my nutrition. I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to drink a whole lot of water. I'm going to um, you know, get to the gym six days a week. I'm going to add cardio. And we just set ourselves up for failure. What we need to do is focus on the one thing. Like what is that low-hanging fruit? What is your biggest struggle right now that you know if you could just improve this one thing, it would definitely help you make progress? And we want to follow through on that until we are successful, until it becomes a habit, until it's ingrained in us. So maybe you're somebody who like really struggles to eat enough vegetables, or maybe you're somebody who really struggles to get enough movement throughout the day. Like assess that one area that would definitely help you if you improved it. And that is the only course of action that you're going to take every single day. It's follow one course until successful. Once you get to the point where it's like second nature, now you're just doing it. You've got it established. It's ingrained in you. Now we can move to the next thing. So super important. Most people try and and bite off more than they can chew. And I know that it sucks to have to go slower and be like, all right, I'm just going to do one thing at a time because it's human nature. Like we want everything and we want it right now, but we really have to focus on the big picture here. So take that one thing and, and knock it out of the park and then move to the next thing. Um, all right. So now that we've got the third thing taken care of, the fourth is that we have to focus on the process over the outcome. This is something that Casey and I talked about on the last episode, but process goals are so much more important than outcome goals. Now, there's nothing wrong with having an outcome-based goal, but the process goals are going to get you to the outcome. We actually have not as much control as we think over the actual outcome, but we have a whole lot of control over the process to get there. So it doesn't matter if you have a financial goal, if you have a fitness goal, if you have whatever it may be, relationship goal, the outcome is largely out, like the actual specific outcome. 
So let's just use weight loss as an example. If you want to lose 50 pounds, that number itself, you don't have that much control over. You have a lot of control over the processes and the, and the actions that are going to get you towards that outcome. Maybe you end up at 60 pounds. Maybe you end up at 40 pounds. But like the actual number is not important. What's important is the process to get there. And one of the most important things about this is you're going to doubt yourself along the way, right? You're going to question your abilities. Like this is human nature. We're going to, things are not going to happen as fast as you want. So throughout this process, you're going to be like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I can't do this. You're going to let self-doubt creep in. The best way to combat self-doubt is to simply focus on the process because it doesn't matter if you feel good or you feel bad. The action is the same regardless. So if I know that my process goals include me getting in four workouts per week, If I'm feeling great or if I'm feeling shitty about myself, it doesn't matter. The action is the same. It's it's just showing up and getting it done. I don't need to be you know overly confident to to attack those process goals. Like I have them written down. That is an important thing. Write them down and understand that you're just going to check those boxes. And if you do that for long enough all of a sudden you're going to start to see progress happening and that is going to be the biggest thing to give you confidence to fight that self-doubt because you're seeing yourself move forward. Like All I'm doing is I'm checking these boxes. I'm, I'm doing these process goals every single day and now a month down the line, two months down the line, I can reflect back and see how far I've come and that is the best way to combat that self-doubt. So like you don't need to be, you know, overly confident. It's okay if a little bit of self-doubt creeps in because you know what actions you need to do anyway. So your mood at that point in time is not super important. It's just about getting it done. So setting that process goals and you can even write down and make a vow to yourself like I am not going to stress about the outcome until the process goals are finished. I will not dwell on self-doubt until my process goals are complete. Like you can write those things down to remind yourself that you are fully invested in the process to get there. So that is the fourth thing that we have now tackled. Moving on to number five is learn and teach. Uh, one of the things that my mentor always says, Jason Phillips, is that education drives compliance, which I agree with. However, information alone is not enough. The best way to truly understand and grasp something is by teaching it. So the more that you learn and kind of take in that information, which will help you stay compliant, like education does drive compliance. It helps to know why you're doing what you're doing. So that definitely helps. But in order for it to literally become a part of you, teach it to somebody else. That's the best way to let it sink in. So when you learn something about, you know, your your workout, let's say you're trying to be more consistent with going to the gym. And then all of a sudden you're learning all this great information about the benefits of strength training and how muscle increases your metabolism and, you know, bone density and your heart health and all of these great things that you just learned about. Teach them to somebody else. Now we have to be careful about that because sometimes unsolicited advice is not wanted. Uh, and we have to be very specific or intentional about who we choose to teach it to. But the point is, Find somebody, even if it's just like a friend who's like your sounding board and you're like, hey, I'm just going to teach you these things. You don't even have to listen to me. I just want to make it stick, right? And you have – like I have that person in my life where it's like I always – 
need to teach what I learned so that I know that it sticks. And so um, it's like, I don't care if you're really paying attention or not, but like, let me present this to you. And now I know that it's more ingrained in me. So that is something that is a huge part of the process. Like, learn it, education drives compliance, and then teach it so that you ensure that it sticks. Um, so the next step is we need to think differently about motivation. A lot of people ask, how do you stay motivated? You know, I just sometimes I want to do this, but I'm just not motivated. And this kind of goes back to the process over the outcome. But motivation is an emotion. It's unreliable. It comes and goes. It ebbs and flows like any other emotion. This is, as a little side note, why I am I think so highly of meditation because it's this practice and you can actually feel it happening in the moment of an emotion coming over you and then quickly leaving. And you realize that emotions are transient. They don't last that long. They come and go. And when you can understand that about motivation, you can stop relying on it. So like part of consistency is being consistent when you don't want to do something. Like that's the most important part. You're not always going to be motivated. We want to use motivation when it comes and use it as that like turbo button. Like now I've been consistent. Now that I'm motivated, I'm going to ratchet things up a notch for a short period of time. But I always have that consistent foundation built. So when it goes away, which it inevitably will, I'm still back to just being my regular consistent self. And, you know, a caveat to that is there's a difference between doing something when you're not motivated versus doing something that makes you miserable. So I see a lot of people who do activities or eat in a certain way or train in a certain way that literally drives them nuts. It makes them miserable. They hate it. It's like, I don't want to run on the treadmill for an hour. It like literally eats at my soul. I'm like, great. You should absolutely not be running on the treadmill for an hour. There are plenty of other activities that you can do that you won't be miserable doing. So there is a big difference there. And hopefully I don't have to explain that difference between doing something that you just aren't motivated to do, but you have discipline enough to get it done versus doing something that actually makes you miserable. So we don't want to do anything that makes us miserable when it comes to our health. However, there are times where we just need to have discipline and get shit done without being motivated. All right, so the next step is our identity. And this is something that you can read a lot about in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, which I highly recommend. But we are what we repeatedly do. And we need to identify as the person that does those things. So when you don't feel like going to the gym, remind yourself, I am a healthy person because a healthy person goes to the gym. So you actually want to identify with that person. And there was a great study that was referenced in the book um, about smokers and how the smokers that identified as a smoker but tried to quit had a much more difficult time quitting than people who started to identify as a non-smoker. Like they were fundamentally removing that identity that was associated with the action. So one of the most powerful things that we can do to be more consistent is to repeatedly tell ourselves that we are that person already that does that action. So like I said, if it's, you know, 
wanting to eat better. Like I am a healthy person. Now all of a sudden the food choices that you make will align with that identity. And you might not believe yourself at first, but you have to keep repeating it and kind of just reminding yourself like, yes, I am that person. Yes, I am that person until it sticks, until your actions start to align with that identity. So the next thing is we want to look at incremental improvements. Small tweaks to the process yield big changes over time. And this is another thing where a lot of people um, kind of jump from go to zero to 100. Like they want to overhaul everything all at once. They want to go from um, actually one of the most common scenarios I see is people coming from like a just like not tracking at all not really aware of their intake, not really aware of their food habits and choices. And then all of a sudden they want to be like a thousand percent dialed in on a fat loss cycle. It's like, all right, I'm just going to go from like being social and flexible and not tracking and not really paying attention to all of a sudden like 1000% dialed in. And that doesn't last very long. If we can just make incremental changes and small tweaks to the process, Take inventory of the holes that you need to fill and just make those small changes to fill them. Like, again, going back to the low hanging fruit, those small changes yield big results over time. It may not seem like much. Saying something like add an additional serving of veggies per day, like that may not seem like much. All of a sudden, it has this compound effect because you're adding that, you start to feel a little bit more full, maybe you're taking something out that wasn't serving you, like it will have this compound effect and it's like that that snowball rolling down the mountain, it's just gonna pick up more and more steam. So those small changes over time yield big results. And then the last thing that we need to do is reflect with gratitude. And I can't tell you how many times that I see this where um, I'll have a client who's kind of losing sight of what's what's going on or they're in a temporary setback or struggle. I'm like, let's just take a minute and reflect on where, where you've come from. Like, let's look at the last three months. And I want you to recap for me all the things that you know we've been through and all the things that you've been through. And, and then to see that change in mood, it happens like in an instant. It's like, wow, I can't believe that I lost sight of that. Um, no, you know, reflecting on where you fr- are, where you've come from, and how far you've come, we have to remind ourselves of that. Reflect with gratitude. Be grateful that you've able that you've been able to be consistent. Like consistency can feel really boring. So when that happens, just look back and think about how far you've come as a result of those very small changes that have compounded over time. And then use that to appreciate where you are now and what you've been through. Like I can guarantee you that you've been through a lot of shit. You've overcome a lot of setbacks. There's been a lot of failures along the way. I know that because we've all been through it. So like think about that and think about where that's going to take you in the future and that is going to spark the excitement again. So when it gets really boring because consistency looks boring, doing the same stuff over and over again, you're like, I want something new. Think about where you've come from and think about those small changes that have yielded big results in your life. And it doesn't, it, you can pull from other areas of your life. Like if you're working towards a fitness goal, you can think about, you know, where you're at in your job and the small changes that you were able to make that have yielded big results in your career path. Or as an example, you know, pull from other experiences and reflect with gratitude how far you've come, the things that you've been able to overcome. And a lot of times we just lose sight of that and reflecting and thinking back can all of the sudden spark that excitement again and get you ready to tackle the next thing. 
So that is a brief recap of the Consistency Masterclass. Um, go through it, listen again, take notes, join the Facebook group. You can listen to the video um, and have access to that so you can check out the recorded version um, and just you know interact on the Facebook page. There's a lot of great content there. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, hit me up on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and let me know what type of content you want to hear, what type of, um, you know, what I sh- who, sh- who I should be getting on for interviews and that sort of thing. Um, but we're going to hit you with three episodes per week from now on. So that's super exciting. And if you can take a screenshot, if you enjoyed this episode and tag me and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time.